my mission for today's episode is to talk about the holidays. Guys, I want to talk about the holidays. In my coaching community, I have this community of mostly women from all over the world who join me once a month. I teach on a different topic and I pose the topic to my community. So I say, hey guys, here's three things that are on my heart. What are you interested in learning about? I'm going into my second month of them choosing manifesting. It's a really popular topic here on the podcast and definitely in coaching. This month I was like, well, I just taught on it, but I had some more info. So I said, okay, I can do manifesting 2.0. I can do a conversation about how to overcome and rise above holiday stress, or I can do a conversation about continuing your health journey through this time of year. And overwhelmingly, the community picked manifesting because they just love this conversation. I do too. I geek out over it. So I totally understand. But really close second was this, overcoming, rising above, handling the stress of the holidays, particularly if you're going to be interacting with people, family, friends, in-laws that can trigger you, that can sort of make the situation not great. And honestly, I think that this still ties in really beautifully with the idea of manifesting because you know I'm obsessed with the idea of manifesting the life of your dreams and manifesting a life that feels really good. And I think that there's a way to bring that intentionality into your holiday season. So that's what today's episode is about. And as usual, I have written down all kinds of crazy notes like a serial killer here in my notebook. And I'm just going to go through and kind of share some thoughts for you guys on things that I feel like have really helped me over the years in managing all of it, right? In hosting, in traveling during the holidays, and having kids, and dealing with in-laws, in going through holidays post-divorce and what that looks like. So this is just a bunch of ideas that I think will be helpful, that I hope will be helpful to you as you navigate from now through New Year's. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. The first thing that I feel like we should start with, and this is honestly what I think we should start with in every scenario in life. We should do this in every scenario, but we don't always. And so I want to take a moment to set your intention. Before you go into this holiday season, what is your intention? What do you want out of this time period? Most people will run so fast, just run headlong into Thanksgiving, if you're here in the US, into Hanukkah, into Kwanzaa, into Christmas, into New Year's. They will be running so fast that they never actually stop and think, what do I want 
from this. And maybe that sounds a little funny because you're like, well, the holidays, we have our traditions. We kind of do the same thing. We're with the same people. I don't know if I really need to set an intention because it's a repeat. It's not though. People evolve and change. Your kids get older. Family is going through different stressors, different situations. And as always, we can't control anybody else, but we can control how we respond to a situation. So before you start, we always want to begin with like the end in mind. What is the end result that you want out of this season? So for me, I always think of setting intention in terms of how do I want to feel? Not what do I want to achieve not what do I want to cross off my to-do list, not how many gifts do I want to give or get. What do I want to feel? How do I want to feel? Because in different seasons of your life, the answer to that is different. If you have a new baby, then maybe how you want to feel this holiday season is you want to feel the arms of some aunties and some grandmas and some helpers who are going to hold this baby so that you can get some rest. Maybe if you're newly married or in a new relationship, what you want to feel this season is a chance to connect with your partner in a way that you haven't been able to because you guys have been so busy, but now you have a little time off. So you really want to be intentional about being able to connect and feel love and have romance. And depending on those things, like those are two different scenarios and they would result in you making two different decisions about what to say yes to and what to say no to right? If you're like, man, I need all the help. I want someone to hold this baby. You're showing up at everyone's holiday function or you're inviting everyone over to your house so that they can help you. But if you're newlywed and you really want a chance to connect with your partner, you're going to say no to a lot of group things because you want that time together. But if you're not intentional and you don't ask the question about what you want, then you'll say yes to everyone's agenda, get to the end of this holiday season and feel frustrated or feel unfulfilled. Have you ever like been like you're hungry or you're hungry for something and then you get so hungry that you just eat anything, but then you feel totally unsatisfied? Like you end up eating a bunch of snacks when really what you wanted was a hot meal and you're totally unsatisfied and you feel frustrated. Or maybe you guys aren't in love with food the way that I am, but I feel really frustrated when I don't have that satiation, that, that satisfaction with what I just ate. And oftentimes it means that I'll end up eating way more or I'll snack more because I'm searching for a feeling that I didn't get. And I think it's the same when we don't set intentions. We get to the other side and we feel really unsatisfied. And then it just becomes this loop. So I'm going to ask you to slow down and set your intention for the holidays. And I set my intention in advance for you guys, just in case you've never done this before, so you could kind of hear at least how I do it. So I think about how I want to feel, and I think about what's most important to me. So the number one thing that I wrote down is I want to feel really present and connected when we're together. And this shows up for me in two ways. Number one, this is the first year that we are doing my family, my immediate family, so my kids and my ex-husband, that we are splitting the holidays. So last year, we spent the holidays together. It was the first year post-divorce. We felt like it was very important for us to spend the holidays together. This year, 
we both are in other relationships and his relationship is has a, a partner who's in Arizona, which means that there's travel involved. And so just all things considered, it made sense for everybody to, to split the holidays. So that means that in the past, I have had my kids full-time during the holidays, and this year I have them half the time. And I could get really sad about that, and I could get really frustrated, and I could make up all sorts of narratives about what this means, or I can come back to what I want to feel, not what is, not how is life aligning to give me this thing, but what do I want to feel? And so I said, I want to feel present and connected when we are together. Instead of being frustrated that I don't have more time, I just want to make the most of the time that we do have. So I really want to make sure that I personally am present and that there are opportunities for us to connect as a family. And that looks like Thanksgiving's next week, and they're going on Wednesday before Thanksgiving, they're traveling with their dad to go to Arizona. So on Tuesday, we're doing Thanksgiving here before they go. And it's funny, I was telling my nine-year-old about this plan, and he's like, oh, so we're doing like a faux Thanksgiving with you. And then, and I was like, well, buddy, that Thanksgiving is a, it moves every year, right? Like a holiday, like so many of you experience this, right? Like you have to celebrate a holiday at a different time. Maybe someone in your family is working on Christmas. And so you need to do it the day before, the day after, or a few days later, or you you have to travel. And so you don't get to, a holiday is about the experience, not about the date. So we'll do that on Tuesday, which I'm really excited about. And then we'll decorate our tree and It's just going to be so much fun, but that was me setting the intention that I want to be connected and present when we are together. The second thing that I really want to do is make sure that everyone feels seen and celebrated. Everyone feels seen and celebrated. This is really important for me as it's the first time that our kids are going to experience the holidays in this way. And so I'm having a lot of conversations with them about what makes it feel like Christmas to you? Or what makes it feel like Thanksgiving to you? Or what makes it feel like Christmas Eve to you? Because I have my own opinions of that, and they could be totally different than my kids. Like I could think that what makes it feel like Christmas time is baking cookies together. And my nine-year-old could say, well, what makes it feel like Christmas time to me is when we all cuddle up on the sofa in our pajamas and watch Elf. That's a really easy thing for me to give him. That's like so easy. But if you don't set the intention and ask the questions, then I don't know how everybody is going to feel seen and celebrated. This also shows up for me because my boyfriend is from the UK. And so they have traditions that he is used to celebrating that we don't celebrate here. He's never celebrated Thanksgiving. He's very confused about this holiday. And I really want to make sure that he feels seen and he feels like he's getting to celebrate in a way that makes sense to him. And we're excited to try things out and do things with him that we've never done before, like Boxing Day or, oh, there's some kind of desserts and there's some side dishes and there's some roast. I don't know. He's an amazing cook, so I'm excited to eat the things that he's going to make and bring his tradition into the mix. But 
I just think it's really important to make sure that everyone's feeling represented because I actually think it's pretty easy. When you ask people, I think it's pretty easy to make it feel special for them. And then when they see that come to fruition, when they see that you're watching Elf or when they see that you got the figgy pudding or they see that you did the thing, then they know that you're being intentional about making sure that they feel loved. Okay, the third thing that I set my intentions for is that I want this season to feel restful for all of us. The worst thing that I think you could do is get to the other side of the holidays and feel exhausted. And I did that for years and years and years. I said yes to every holiday party. I signed up to bake all the things. I wanted to make it so special and so amazing for my kids that I did. I went so over the top. And the older I get and the older they get, the more that I realize it's those little moments that are very easy to pull off that actually make it feel the most like Christmas to us. It's not a million presents on Christmas morning. It, in fact, they my kids can't even tell you what they got for Christmas last year. But they can tell you about the experiences we had and the things that we did and watching movies and baking tie-dye cookies and all of these little moments that I think are pretty easy to pull off and don't require too much overexertion. So I do want it to feel restful because it's not just me who has a busy life. My kids, I don't know if your kids are like this, but my kids have theater and sports and friends and football games on Friday night. And their schedule, their schedule is a million times more packed than mine is. So this is a really great time for us all to get together and really just decompress and de-stress and, and have some rest. So that feels really important to me. The last intention that I am setting, and I set this every year, this is my goal every year, is I want to make food together. Make food or bake is a big part. That's a really important tradition to me that I've done with my kids since they were little. We have always cooked and baked throughout the holidays and laughing. Like so simple. I want to laugh our butts off. And if you know that that's your goal, you can really set yourself up for success. So you can watch funny movies, you can play funny games, you could do charades, you can do stuff that you know is really going to bring out everyone's giggles. Like um, we love that, what's that game where you put the thing on your head, um, heads up? Like we love stuff like that. And I know that we'll all end up laughing so much if we play it. So again, if that's my goal, I can pull it off. But if I don't have any goal at all, I'm just going to do a bunch of stuff but not have the satisfaction that I'm looking for. So those are my intentions for the holidays. I don't think you should do too many. I think two to four and really be clear on that. And also tell your family, like tell your close family or your kids and tell your partner if you have one, what your intentions are and hear what their intentions are. Because that can also be if your intention is rest and your partner's intention is I want to be able to see as many family members as I possibly can, that's a conversation you guys need to have because the mismatch or the miscommunication there is just going to lead to frustration and stress. So setting those intentions and then planning it out. Okay, this is just straight up tactical. This is the part of me that was a lifestyle blogger for a decade that is going to talk to you right now. This is not like 
the elevated spiritual version of me who's done a bunch about manifest. No, this is just the chick who planned events for years and had a blog and knows how to set yourself up for holidays, especially if you're hosting. So plan it out. Make a to-do list. Make a, here's what's happening on the different days. Look at your calendar. Literally open up the month of December and look at it all 30 days. I had an assistant who, uh, for years, who she was so amazing, but she didn't, like, she never looked at the calendar the entire month. She would sort of go day by day or maybe a few days at a time. And so if you do that, and it ended up sort of biting us in the butt because she would overschedule me and I would get really exhausted and really stressed out. And I couldn't figure out why because she was super intuitive. But it finally was like one day we were having a meeting about the schedule. I'm like, oh my gosh, like how does this keep getting so packed? And when I was talking to her, I literally changed the Google calendar to show all 30 days. And she was like, oh, is that how you look at your calendar? And I'm like, yeah. How do you look at it? And she's like, oh, I look at a day at a time. So if you're not looking at the whole overview, yeah, look and see what you've got going on today. But if you're not looking at the whole thing, then you run the risk that you're going to stack a bunch of stuff together and like, oh, okay, this weekend's going to be way overdone. And then I have that big meeting on Monday and I'm going to be exhausted. And you set yourself up for disaster. This is just really good in life, but especially in a month where you have so many things, you want to make sure that you plan it out. So I put make a list and then think it through. So, okay, here's all the stuff that I'm going to need because I'm bringing my famous eggnog to Sarah's holiday party on Saturday. So I need to go grocery shopping on Friday and here's the list that I'm going to need. But also that's the day that Kayla has a dance recital and just Maybe you look at that whole month or maybe you look at that week and you realize, you know what? I'm not going to have time to make my famous eggnog. I'm going to have to buy some store-bought eggnog or I'm going to call up my friend and I'm going to ask if I can just, can I just bring the rum? Can I bring something that's store-bought because I'm not going to have time? Or the next thing that you could do is maybe you're like, no, man, I really love, this is my signature cocktail. Everybody loves it. It's part of my holiday. My intention this season is to like love all my friends and this is how I do it. Okay, great. It's important to you. Well, then the next thing on the list is you're going to have to ask for some help. You're going to have to ask for some help, whether or not you're doing a simplified season where you don't have a ton of things or you've got a million things that you have to do. You have to ask for help. You are not meant to handle every single part of this holiday by yourself. And I feel like most of the time in life, we have a lot of resources. We have people that want to help us, but they don't know how. I actually was having a conversation with one of my girlfriends about this the other day. She's feeling some frustration with her husband. And I was like, and I know this man and he is wonderful. And I'm like, dude, he wants to be your hero. Like there's nothing this man wants more in the world than to be your hero. Tell him how. He cannot read your mind. Like, be specific. Like, bro, if you bring me a cup of coffee in the morning, it will make me feel so loved, right? So um, my love language is acts of service. So truly, if you bring me a cup of coffee in the morning, I feel so loved. My sweet boyfriend. Oh my gosh. I came home the other day uh, from a trip and he had sent me a note. He's like, hey, I aired up your tires. My tires, the, the kept 
like the signal in my car kept telling me that the pressure, the my tire pressure was low for like a month. And I handle that by just pressing okay. I just want the signal to go away. I'm like, I don't feel great about blowing up my own tires because I don't know why. This is a total side note, but I do have an irrational fear that I'm going to over air the tires and they're going to explode. I don't think that that can actually happen, but it is a real fear. And so I just kept, so he's like, hey, I just keep seeing the signal in your car. I aired up the tires. I reprogrammed the gate. Like there's all this stuff with my car. And when I was out of town, he just like came over, got it and did all these things. And I was like, you're an angel sent from heaven. But also I taught him about love language. That was not something he'd ever heard before. And of course, you know me, y'all. As soon as we started dating, I was like, what's your love language? He was like, what's that? I'm like, what's your Enneagram? He's like, what's that? I'm like, oh, bless it. Okay, we got some work to do. But I taught him about love language. And then he knows that acts of service is mine. And I honestly, I have thought about him putting air in my tires 10 times a day since it happened. It, he, not a present, not flower, nothing would make me feel more loved than that. And so I think he, there's no way he knows that if I don't communicate that with him. And your family, your friends, your partner, there's no way that they're going to know how to help you or what would make you feel loved in this season if you don't communicate that. And you don't have to do it in sort of a nagging way. You're just like, hey, babe, I really want to be able to bake a cake for the party on Saturday. I'm going to need about four hours. Can you have a plan to like take the baby to your mom's or just keep keep do something because I'm really going to need to be focused. And if I'm taking care of the baby too, it's really going to be hard for me. Fill in the blank, whatever that is. But ask for help. If you're hosting, oh, you better ask for some help. I don't care if you're hosting two people. Because unless you're like, look, I come from some hillbillies. I come from some hillbilly people. God love them. But even hillbillies, even some like white trash, God love them. We still have manners. I don't know anybody that gets invited to someone's house and doesn't, even if it's like, even if they don't mean it, I don't know anybody that doesn't say, can I bring something? Can I help? right? But oftentimes it feels like more work to explain to them how to help us than to actually just do it ourselves. That is a lie from the devil. That is not true. You need, you need help. And you are going to have to explain to them, yeah, actually I do. I need you to cut these carrots and here I'm just going to cut the shape that I want them to be. And like, I'm that specific because you asked if how how to help me so I'm like let me show you how I how to dice the thing that I need you to do right if it's going to make a difference if i'm making or i'm just i just want to say this real quick if i'm making a recipe that needs a specific style whatever i will be that specific i'll be like yeah it needs to be 1 inch cubes that's what the recipe is telling me but if it doesn't make a difference just get help how it shows up as a side note, I remember this when I got married years ago, God, like 20 years ago, this older woman told me that when she was newly married, her new husband would always try and help her fold the towels. And she would give him so much crap about folding the towels wrong. She wanted them folded in like a tri-fold. And, and every time he'd help, she'd give him crap about it. And finally, he just stopped helping. She's like, we've been together for 30 years. 
He's never folded the towels. He tried for six months. I gave him so much shit about it. And she's like, and I was, I was so rude to him about it because I thought my way was best and he just stopped trying. And I always think of that because we all have these ideas of how things are supposed to be. And this shows up for us seasonally in a big way. I have a family member who's so type A about the holiday, the birthday party, the barbecue having to be a very specific way. And if anything goes off course, she freaks the hell out. And it is so stressful for the entire family to be around her that people just don't. They don't want to be around her because it's so stressful when it doesn't go according to her plan. Even though it's something that's like so insignificant, she just loses her mind. So when you ask for help, sometimes we need it to be a one-inch cube. And sometimes we just need to accept help however it's going to show up and realize that that is that person's way of trying to love us and support us on this day. And if you go back to the like, you know, the goals are being really present and connected, making sure everyone feels seen and celebrated, being restful, yummy food, laughing, like nowhere in there does it say perfection. Nowhere in there does it say a perfectly set holiday table. Nowhere in there does it say that you might, you know, don't burn the turkey. Like none of that. You have to keep coming back to what is your intention. It's not supposed to be perfect. It's supposed to be real. It's supposed to be a chance for you to connect with the people that you love and make beautiful memories and carry out beautiful traditions or start new ones. The last thing that I'll say about the list is to make sure that you do as many things as you can in advance of the actual day or advance of the actual holiday celebration. Just as much as you can. Like I used to host Thanksgiving and because we were in LA, we would have like 75 people show up for our Thanksgiving because it was like people weren't traveling and they needed a place to go. We just invite everyone, friends, family, coworkers. And everything that I could do in advance, set the table, clean the house, you know, make sure there was extra toilet paper. I just would do as much as I possibly could. I'd lay out the platters. I'd put little post-it notes like, this is for the turkey, this is for the bread. Because again, I was setting myself up so that people could help me. So I wasn't in the kitchen that day with 50 people going, where do you want this? Where do you want that? I'm like, everything's labeled. And it made me feel so much calmer and it made me feel so much more present because I did as much as I possibly could in advance. Also, when you plan things out in advance, you catch problems before they occur. So I remember the first time I hosted a big holiday at the house, we would do a potluck. So I'd do like a bunch of mains and then people would bring the side dishes. And the very first year, because I hadn't done it before, I had 20 people show up with casseroles that need to go in an oven that couldn't accommodate 20 casseroles at once. And it ended up making lunch like way late because nothing was hot. And the next year, having learned from that mistake, I was like, all right, these four casseroles, these are must-haves. Like you have to bring it in a casserole. It has to be baked. We want the little crispy top on it like we know we should have. That has to happen. But everything else, crock pot. You want to bring a hot food? You got to bring it in a crock pot. And then I had like 20 crock pots at Thanksgiving every year after. And we would have like strips and we'd had to make sure we put it in different rooms so we wouldn't overwhelm the circuit, but it worked. And we had lunch on time for every year after that. So when you plan in advance, you can see the problems before they occur.
I think that possibly one of the most important components to actually really enjoying this holiday season slash your life is to let go of your belief that you are in charge of someone else's experience. I'm going to say it one more time. Let go, release the idea that someone else's experience of life, of Christmas, of their birthday, of this Tuesday is somehow your job. You are not responsible for anyone else except yourself when it comes to their experience of life. Now, right now, I'm sure there are people who are like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have kids and it is my job as the mama, as the daddy to make sure that they have the most magical, amazing Christmas. No, it is your job to set your intention to have a a belief and an ideal for how your family will celebrate these holidays and to do that to the best of your ability, but you cannot control how that will be received. You cannot control their experience of it. The example I thought of when I was writing my notes is every parent who's ever had a toddler on Christmas knows the feeling of being so excited to give them this Christmas gift that you know, this Hanukkah gift, this Kwanzaa gift, you know is about to blow their ever-loving mind. They are about to crown you parent of the century. They're going to put you on their little shoulders and walk you around the room chanting, right? Like you have this whole vision of how your kid's going to react when they get the thing. And then they open the thing and they just want to play with the box that it came in. All of us have experienced that. I remember when Jackson, my oldest, was little. He must have been maybe two. He, We got him all these gifts, but at, like randomly, I was at the grocery store right before Christmas, and he was really into bendy straws. And this was before I understood. I mean, guys, this was like 12 years ago, so I didn't understand that bendy straws were killing the baby sea turtles, and we don't use straws anymore, and you don't have to send me a letter. But I was walking to the grocery store and I saw just like the cheap little bendy straws and I just grabbed a pack of bendy straws and wrapped them up and threw them under the tree. And he got gifts from everybody. And it just happened to be that the straws were like one of the last things that he opened. He lost his freaking mind. He was like, straws, I get my own straws. He was so excited. He used those straws for months. Oh my word, I was like, queen of the world, except that we had spent all this money on all these gifts for this kid. And really the only thing that he was excited about were the straws. You can do your best to create the moment, to create the experience, but you cannot control someone else's experience of their own life. That's why it's so important to have your intention here and what you want to feel like in the situation. Because I think always As a leader, and if you are listening to this, you are leading in your family, you're leading in your friend group. We all have leadership roles that we play. If you are leading out on having and and determining that you're going to have a beautiful experience of each and every day, especially the holidays, other people pick that up. If I got wrapped up in my kids and their Christmas list, my kids every year, have these Christmas lists that are outrageous. 
maybe your kids do this too. My kids ask for stuff and I'm like, are you, have you literally lost your mind? Like you think you're getting an iPhone? What are you, you're nine. What are you talking about? They're just, it's out of control and they make these lists. And there's this part of me that my instinct is like, oh, they're not going to have a good holiday if I don't get them the gift that they want. And this is compounded because their dad has very different beliefs about Christmas presents. I think that you should get a few thoughtful presents and maybe in an experience, because I like experience as gifts instead of just like physical things. I don't think we need any more things, but it's Christmas and I want them to unwrap stuff and be excited. But their dad well, just like buys everything, buys the fancy stuff, buys the big stuff. He always sort of panics at the last minute and gets like a bunch of other things because he's afraid he doesn't have enough. And that's, he's, that's, you know, it's like folding the towels, right? I don't get to decide how he parents. But there is this thing, even when we were married, that I would be like, oh, like, should I be like that? And I, when I see their list, I'm like, oh, you know, and it's weird now, right? Because we're going to have two different Christmases. And there's this, like, a little bit of worry in me that they're going to open presents with me in the way I like to give gifts. And then they're going to go to their dad's. And it's going to be like when Macaulay Culkin started Richie Rich. And they're just like all these things. And that maybe like there's this little, you know, voice in the back of my mind that's like, oh, are they going to like, you know, like that better? And then I just keep going back to my intentions because I know in my heart of hearts, that's not what the holidays are. I love, I know this is cheesy, but my favorite, my favorite line about the holidays and about Christmas specifically is at the end of the Grinch. Okay. Okay, can I just like read you like like mama's reading you a bedtime story really quickly? This is from Dr. Seuss, obviously. This is from the Grinch. These are not my words, but this is my favorite thing. And I remember this every year and every year I get a little teary-eyed. Um, I think everybody knows the story of the Grinch, but he steals Christmas from the Who's, as we'll all recall. And he's expecting them to wake up on Christmas morning and just be devastated. And he's so excited to hear them be devastated. And the book says, they're waking up. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then the who's down in Whoville will all cry, boo-hoo. That's a noise, grinned the Grinch, that I simply must hear. So he paused and the Grinch put his hand to his ear. And he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started in low, then it started to grow. But the sound wasn't sad. Why, this sounded merry. It couldn't be so, but it was merry, very. He stared down at Whoville. The Grinch popped his eyes, then he shook. What he saw was a shocking surprise. Every Who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. And the Grinch with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled three hours till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. 
every time that makes me have a boo-boo lip. I love it. And I love that reminder for all of us, whatever holidays you're celebrating this season, it's not about what comes from the store. It's not about how much money you have. Some of the most beautiful holiday memories in my life were when I was little and we didn't have any money. And my family, my extended family didn't have any money. I mean, and I don't mean like, oh, we didn't have money to buy an iPad. I mean, like we didn't have money and we sort of all came together and, you know, you brought what you had and you made what you could. And they were just these amazing holiday memories. I remember the year where my parents couldn't afford Christmas presents. And I must have been, I'm thinking back to the house that we were at. I must have been six. And I have that memory in my head that they could not afford Christmas presents. And we went out one day and someone had left a bunch of wrapped presents on our porch and they were wrapped in Santa wrapping paper. And it said like, from your secret Santa. And I know it was from a member of our church community, but I I remember those gifts. And I remember they were things my parents would never buy or could never buy. And it wasn't about the cost. It was about someone caring enough about you to show up for you and to try and make this day special. And I just really want to encourage you, what will make this holiday season special is not the stuff. It's not the stuff. It's being together. It's laughing. It's getting to try your favorite recipe from grandma. It's making recipes from grandma who passed away and you get to experience her love again in that moment because you're replicating those memories. It's, It's about looking out for your fellow man. It's about how we show up. These are dates on a calendar, guys. This Thursday that's Thanksgiving or whatever day Christmas happens on, like they're just a day. We have given them power and we have given them purpose because we called our holidays on those days. So we get to decide what that means for us and for our family. And what I just pray for all of you is that this can be a season of joy and renewal and togetherness and connectedness and centeredness and peace and joy and love and all the things that are on the ornaments, right? I really encourage you to take some time to decide what you want this to feel like for you. And every time that it starts to feel off, you start to feel any negative emotion, you start to feel stress, you start to feel overwhelmed. Anytime that happens, I want you to just keep realigning with your intention. There's incredible power in you deciding that this is going to be the best, most magical holiday season because you are going to take care of yourself inside of it. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you feel like it would be helpful to anybody that you know, I would so appreciate if you would take a screenshot and share it in your Instagram stories or wherever you do your social media. Or if you have a friend that you think would really benefit from this, just send it to them in a text Podcasts will always be free, but love getting the word out to other people. And if you are watching this on YouTube, thank you so much for hanging out with me. And be sure and subscribe, press the button, ring the bell, do whatever you're supposed to do. I am praying that you all will have a beautiful holiday season. I'm Rachel Hollis, and I want you to remember that I love you and I'm rooting for you. 
The Rachel Hollis Podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. Our show is edited by Andrew Weller, with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is a 3% chance production.